Welcome to Epic Moses, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. Sovereignty is generally defined as the ultimate authority to rule. It also implies that a sovereign authority has no external controlling influence which means that no one else controls a sovereign authority. We have been talking about the sovereignty of God in this series and we have covered some ground up till this point. Let us have a quick recap of what we've learned so far. We have seen that God is the primordial spirit, which means God is the ultimate of all ultimates. We have also seen that God being a spirit has no gender and that God has three major attributes which are omnipresence, omnipotence and omniscience. In examining God's omnipresence, we have learned that God is everywhere at every time, making the presence of God inevitable and inescapable. We will now continue with this series by looking at the omnipotence of God with a view to understand how it relates to us, hoping that once we can understand it, we will have the confidence to appropriate it. Of course, all we can talk about is what has been revealed to us. No one can claim to know everything about God. But we hope that this series can give a basis to form a correct concept of what God means and apply such knowledge to their lives accordingly. The word omnipotence means possessing all power. This implies that no power exists outside the power of the omnipotent. In other words, if God has all power, then there can be no power but God's power. This is a fact that has been largely ignored by most people in our religious systems. We hear so much about all kinds of power in our day-to-day lives on one hand, and on the other hand, we also say that God is omnipotent. These are some of the ideological conflicts within our belief systems which have caused disharmony in the paradigm of the typical Christian. We pretend that it's okay, but our minds are in a battle with our hearts over conflicting beliefs, robbing us of the power promised by our Master Jesus Christ during His earthly life. What do I mean by this? Your paradigm is that link between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. There is supposed to be harmony between those two parts of you for virtue to flow normally out of you. Once what is in your conscious mind is in conflict with what is in your subconscious mind, there is disharmony, and you can't really function well. This is what James 1.8 calls a double-minded man. One thing is coming from your mouth, but your inner man is having issues substantiating it because you also say other things in the opposite direction. This creates disharmony in your paradigm. If there's any reason for powerlessness in Christianity today, this is it. We can't say God 
has all power and also keep referring to satanic power, witchcraft power, oboni power, occultic power and the rest of them. I'm not saying that these groups of people I have just mentioned don't exist. No, am I saying that they are harmless? I am saying that they do not have any power, but rather they use power. Let me at this time talk a little about power and how it works. First and foremost, power comes from the conversion of energy caused by imbalance. Power is harnessed by causing an imbalance in the balance inherent in nature. Power is universal. It doesn't possess character, so there is nothing like good power or evil power. Power is simply power. Let me illustrate by using electricity as an example. Being involved in a proposal to build a power generating plant in Edo State, Nigeria, many years back, gave me an insight into how electric power works. The first thing I got to know is that while every home, factory, or company depends on electric power to run their appliances and machines, power generating facilities have no one to plug into. When there is no light in our homes and factories, we call the power company. But when the generating company has no light, they have no one to call. They must generate that power using a feed. There are several options available to generate electricity. The most effective ways known are the use of nature itself, like hydro, solar, and wind generation systems. These systems are directly driven by nature. They are always there and never run out. That's why they are called renewables. The second kind of feed are coal, gas, and petroleum products. These are indirect from nature because though they come from nature, they need to go through some processes before they can be used. However, regardless which feed is used once electricity is generated is all the same then comes distribution and then finally appropriation when electricity is generated and distributed it is simply electric power but when it is appropriated then it is now applied to different kinds of uses it can be used for lights air conditioners televisions machines work or play which means it is one thing until it is used then it becomes many things the generator generates and distributes then the user connects and appropriates in the same way god is the one and only generator and distributor of power in the universe every other entity merely connects and appropriates the interesting thing about it is that just like the rain which falls on all, whether good or evil, power is available to all, whether good or evil. It is the one who uses power who decides what they use it for, not God. People waste a lot of time arguing about the source of power, when what they should be looking at is the use of power. This is because the source of power is fixed. It is God, but the use varies. In the book of Matthew 12, Jesus was accused of using demonic powers to cast out devils. 
In answering them, he simply addressed the use of power because Jesus knew it is the use that is relevant, not the source. It doesn't matter if you say God anointed you. It's what you are using that power to do that matters. Some say they are anointed by God, which is all well and good, but they have turned it into money-making ventures. In the same way that the generation companies don't tell anyone what to use the power for, God is only in the business of generation and distribution. The rest of us are in the business of connection and appropriation. Another thing is that the power generated is available to all equally, but the user has to do the necessary things to connect and use. I own a solar system, I use it to power several things in my home when public light goes out. If I didn't do the needful and buy a solar panel and other necessities, the sun will keep shining but I will not have that power. I will keep complaining while power is provided all around me. Now let's consider this. If your neighbor does the necessary things and gets solar power and you decide not to bother, why should you complain that they have light and you don't? Also consider this. If you never knew that solar power is available, if you have been told that it's just for special people, you may have heard that your neighbor sold their soul to Satan. That's why they have light and you don't. What if you are told that God doesn't want people to use solar power? You could have believed it is a sin to use solar power. If you are told all these things and you believe it, the results will be that you will remain in the dark and hate your neighbor for using solar power. You will be jealous of your neighbor, but funny enough, you will be thanking God in hypocrisy that you are in the dark. This is because you have believed false things. You will remain in the dark and suffer needlessly. I know the analogy I just presented seems a little extreme, but it's actually the thinking of many people as regards to the use of power. Ignorance. The greatest barrier to the appropriation of power is ignorance. Knowledge is the only path to the appropriation of power. Like they say, knowledge is power. That's why men with evil hearts, when they discover certain principles, tend to keep it secret from others to have advantage over them. This is where all secret societies come from. They keep their discoveries secret so that through those discoveries, they can reign over other men. They make up all kinds of superstitions to promote fear as a means of keeping others at bay. They make it hard to join their ranks by asking applicants to do all manner of despicable things as a way to tie them forever with guilt. They also insist on oaths of secrecy to protect their enterprise. This is why they are all called the kingdom of darkness. Because it's all about the business of hiding knowledge in order to dominate others. Let's make no mistake about it. The Bible says in Psalm 62, 11, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. 
This scripture forms a basis on which this topic stands. It basically shows who power belongs to. Then in Hosea 4.6 he says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. And you shall be no priest to me. And seeing that you have forgotten my laws, I will also forget your children. This scripture is indeed a hard pill to swallow. God says that the one and only problem of mankind is the lack of knowledge. And it also said that anyone who is ignorant is at risk of being rejected by God. Wow! This means that taking the example I gave earlier, God will do nothing for the person who didn't bother to connect to the power. Because the situation of that person is self-inflicted. If someone living at the same location took time to find out and know how to connect and the other never bothered, then they will suffer needlessly. I know this sounds a little harsh, but it's the grim reality. God does not excuse ignorance. I believe it's why so much effort has been made by God over the years to inspire men to write. It is also why I have been commissioned by God to do these podcasts, so no one should say God has not helped them. Jeremiah 5.1 says, Run ye to and fro the streets of Jerusalem, and see, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if you can find a man, if there can be any that executed judgment, that seeks the truth. This scripture makes us understand that God is always looking for those who seek to know. God seeks studious people. In Daniel 9-2, Daniel wrote that he came to understand the will of God for his nation Israel because he went into the study of books. So God dispatched an angel from heaven to reveal things to him. God is always looking for people who are trying to know but will not bother with anyone who is not bothered. God rejects people who don't bother to know, and whatever they suffer will be their own fault. Do not seek God to save you from a witch or wizard. They are human beings just like you, so why should God get involved? Two of you have equal opportunity to appropriate power, so stand up and deal with it. Never believe that any power used by anyone is their power. No, my friends, all power belongs to God. And there is equal right of use for all. Do not be deceived by magic, superstitions, dark tales. For every power you see displayed, there is a process that has been put into operation to make it happen. Magic is simply technology that is yet unknown to you. It is only wonderful to the spectator, not to the performer. Never ascribe any power to anyone regardless of how it looks to you because God is the only owner of power in the universe. All else are appropriators, including you. However, just like the power company sends you a bill for the use of their power, God will judge all who use power. Everyone will have to answer on how they used power. This is absolute and it's without exception. Until next week when we'll continue.
thank you very much for listening and God bless you. You were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support, and contributions, kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com. You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 We would love to hear from you. God bless you.